Hello, my friends, and welcome to another episode of Stand Up and Marvel. If you joined us last time, we had planned to do an LGBTQ episode today in honor of Pride Month. But due to scheduling conflicts, we're going to be doing that episode later this month. So today, instead, we're going back and talking about Captain Marvel since the Miss Marvel series is coming out next week. This is our complete breakdown and thoughts on the movie, so there will be spoilers. If you want to hear our overall thoughts on the movie without spoilers, you can check out our previous episode. Anyway, without further ado, let's get into it. All right, so let's talk a little bit about the casting. Um, so in our non-spoiler episode, we talked about this uh, a lot already, but uh, if you haven't listened to that episode, don't want to, we'll just uh, repeat a little bit of that here. Um, so Brie Larson did not do a great job in this movie. I don't know if it's, uh, you know, poor guidance on how her character is supposed to be portrayed or what the deal was, but she really didn't have any range in her role. Uh, it was just like all serious or angry all the time. And there were very few, you know, smiles or laughs at any point in the movie, just uh, an occasional smirk here and there. And most of the smiles were in like flashbacks. <laughs> um, so, you know, wasn't great. But apart from her, uh, we had a lot of familiar faces returning, which was pretty cool. I enjoyed that at least. So we had Nick Fury coming back. We had uh, Korath coming back. Um, he was in the first Guardians movie. Um, and of course, the What If episode. If you haven't seen it, amazing. Um, and then we had Ronan come back and Agent Coulson. So I think that's all the returning characters that we had in this. Um, I love seeing them all again. Uh, you know, I guess that's something this movie is very big on nostalgia, but uh, you know, it's just nostalgia of a different kind. Uh, whereas the other stuff like Blockbuster and all the music and stuff is 90s nostalgia. And this was just like, you know, from five years ago or whatever. Um, but yeah, uh, apart from Brie, you know, I thought most of the rest of the casting was fine. I, I didn't really love anybody, honestly. Of the new characters, uh, my favorites were probably uh, Jude Law, who played Jan Rugg, and Goose. <laughs> I would agree. She was the cat. Um, honestly, though, Monica, I thought was fine. Monica Rambo, the daughter, I thought she was fine. And I didn't really have an issue with Maria either. I didn't love her, didn't hate her. Um, didn't really like the scrolls. Uh, Supreme Intelligence was fine. Like, I don't know. There was nobody that I, I like really loved, I guess, with the new characters. So, yeah, I, I don't know. What do you guys, what do you guys think? Kind of agree or? Yeah, I mean, I agree. Um, Brie Larson, as uh, we touched base earlier, she just had like that one mode. It's almost like robotic in the way that she did everything. Like, I get it. You know, she can't remember everything. She's gone. I mean, but it's been six years. <laughs> I mean, you can have an emotion in the past six years. I mean, there's nothing against that, you know. So I guess to be fair, because um, I was actually thinking about this when I was watching it, like why is her character so one-dimensional? And in the beginning when she's doing that training with Jude Law's character, um, he's saying that she has to be in control of her emotions, you know? So they've kind of been teaching her to try to control her emotions and not let like excitement and, you know, giddiness or whatever, no like fun emotions come out so they've kind of been training her that way and uh you know brainwashing her um, yeah yeah so, you do make a good point there so maybe that maybe that was supposed to be you know the, the way that she was supposed to play the character i don't know it just well it you wasn't did, fun to watch regardless no it wasn't fun to watch but you do make a good point because you do kind of see her a little bit transition as she as we get closer to the end of the film and everything because once she finds out the truth and everything she kind of her personality kind of changed not by much but it does uh you can tell that it, it does change but 
again, it's just, you know, again, I get they want to control her because um, they don't want her to get out of hand and everything. They don't want her to find out everything. So, yeah, um, it's just it, like you said, it just wasn't pleasant to watch. Just it was just like watching a robot, <laughs> you know, throughout 75 percent of this film, just in monotone, yeah. kind of straight faced. Yeah, and when you have, you know, a very one-dimensional character like that mixed with a plot that's not all that interesting, it just makes for a very bland movie overall and just not really all that fun to watch. Um, right. Easily the best parts were the scenes with, you know, a good soundtrack in the background. Right. I would have liked so. to see, like like you said, I would have liked to see some more emotion from her, even early on in the film, because, like, when she she the first scene with the supreme intelligence you know they say the supreme intelligence is supposed to take on somebody that means something to them and everything like that but she can't remember who the person is that the supreme intelligence takes a form of and you don't see any reaction from her like i would like to i would have liked to see her be more distraught about the fact that she can't remember who this person is but she kind of just stands there and it's just like i don't know who the who who this person is i'm just like that that's it <laughs> like give me something that's just but yeah that that's just for how i feel about that yeah yeah not a lot of emotion at any points um yeah. so yeah it was it was enhanced a little bit i felt like you know there's a lot of good banter between her and fury a lot of funny moments between the two of them they made a pretty good uh you know partnership i guess uh he he really elevated her (laughs) i guess would be a better way to put it he did he did very much uh bring a lot of energy to the movie Mm -hmm. which which was actually like he was like (laughs) him and goose were like the best parts to watch of this movie (laughs) like yeah hands down i i thought like watching this movie it was more of like a nick fury origin movie than it was a a captain marvel origin movie yeah because this is uh well i don't know i guess i guess this would be kind of like a prequel sort of for nick kind of kind of a prequel before he takes over shield yeah because we see him you know uh two-eyed shield uh his hair patch (laughs) yeah and then we get to see what happened before that so it's basically a prequel for him um and speaking of nick fury uh, this was the first movie that they used uh, de-aging technology for the entire length of the movie. Uh, like they yeah. used it for like a couple of scenes and some other movies, but this is the first one that they went start to finish. And I thought it looked great. I, I thought it looked flawless. You know, it was just really well, well done on this movie, uh, which is sad because some other movies, when they did it, it wasn't exactly the best that they could have done. Yeah. Um, so this was also an important movie because of, uh, uh, Stanley, he had passed away actually during the editing of this movie. Yep. Um, and so because of that, they did a, uh, montage of, uh, Stanley moments. Like, I think it was, okay, well, it was most, if not all of his cameos from the MCU movies, and then mm-hmm. also some other, um, just moments from his life. Um, in that montage in the beginning, I thought it was beautifully done. Loved mm-hmm. it, made me tear up. <laughs> oh yeah, I saw it after seeing it again. I was just like, I was like, oh, I can't believe he's gone. I know uh, it's hard to imagine. So it's and it's just like all those questions you have about like all of his work that he's done, and you just have like all these questions about all the characters that he's created and everything, because you know he's got the answers to all those all those questions. Like, what happened to this person? What's your What's this? Who's your favorite Marvel hero? You know, um, I'm sure you can find interviews and stuff like answers that. Answers to a lot of them. We actually did a Stanley episode, so we did find a mm-hmm. bunch of answers. But um, there's a lot of stuff that was never, you know, fully explained or answered. Yeah. So you know, some things we'll just never know. Um, so it's sad, but it is you know, sad. But left, it was a great uh, homage to him. It really was. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, so 
there were a, a lot of firsts for this movie, um, mostly with women. Uh, one of the other firsts that was not uh, related to uh, women, uh, this was the first MCU movie that was not on Netflix. <laughs> so this was right around when Disney Plus um, first came out. Mm. So, and then uh, all the firsts for women, uh, this is the first MCU movie with a female lead. Uh, the, the woman who did the score, Pinar Toprak, uh, this was the first woman to do a score for an MCU movie. Uh, it was co-directed by Ryan Fleck and Anna Bowden. Um, Anna Bowden was the first female director for a Marvel movie. Um, this was the first movie with a female superhero to be written primarily by women. And that's not just Marvel, it's all superhero movies. And uh, then, surprise, surprise, this film was released to cinemas on International Women's Day. Um, oh, wow. So I wonder, because you were talking about the timing of this before, Mike, I wonder if that might have been part of the reasoning for it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to make sure it was on that day. Yeah, I mean, it happens every year, though. So <laughs> for me, it's like it's still that year is just... I, I feel like it just didn't serve it well at all and think of our attention at the time like you know you have something that's not interesting and our attention is oh my gosh what happened to everybody in the blip like it's not you know our minds aren't fully there we needed them to we needed her to pull us in we've had one-dimensional characters before that have been incredibly interesting and they've been incredibly gripping and that and there was none of that at all sure um a lot of fair points for sure but overall it just was not interesting like it had its entertaining moments but it was just not interesting yeah and i agree um yeah i mean the writing wasn't great the the whole story was pretty pretty meh you know not super interesting we did get to see the scrolls for the first time which was cool but, but aren't they supposed to be more sinister in the comics? Like, uh, I, right? I so mean, they debuted in Fantastic Four, and, you know, they were definitely uh, enemies from the Skrulls, like uh, Super Skrull and some other Skrull characters. So, I mean, they were definitely uh, villains at some point. I don't know if they ever changed. Um, but interesting thing about the Skrulls, uh, they were supposed to be in Dark Phoenix, um, but then they ended up changing them from scrolls to whatever yeah. race they ended up being in Dark Phoenix because, mm -hmm. uh, you know, Disney was planning on using them, didn't want to uh, allow Fox to, uh, to use mm -hmm. them in Dark Phoenix. I don't remember the whole deal that happened there, but um, from Makes what sense. I recall, they were supposed to be scrolls originally. Um, and uh, another interesting thing about the scrolls. Uh, they actually did a lot of research with uh, real world uh, creatures to um, to get the uh, the CGI just right for the um, the shape changing. So they use like uh, you know creatures that could like change colors and like shed their skin and stuff in real life, and they uh, kind of you know made that um, into uh, you know, combine that sort of to uh, represent the uh, shape shifting of the scrolls. So like octopuses and squids and some other creatures um so i thought that was really cool and if you if you watch it i think it's really well done personally um no it is it is really well done when they when they change into somebody else in the movie um because like you see like that scene on the beach when they when they all show up on the beach and you he's changing into the the girl who's surfing like right down the beach um you see the whole transformation even the clothing like and everything i mm -hmm. thought that was pretty well done um and like this isn't the first time we've seen a shapeshifter in in, Mar in a marvel movie you know with uh, x-men you know with mystique you know she does the same thing but her her shapeshifter she doesn't really does the same thing that the scrolls do hers is more 
unique than theirs, which I thought was a because I, yeah. I actually thought they were going to go on a the same kind of do the same thing that Mystique does, but then but then they yeah, kind of did it. It's a different change. Loki shapeshifts too, or isn't it more of a kind of like an illusion? Uh, well, I mean, it's, Loki, it's illusions. I think it's illusions combined with his magic, because uh, he is a he does have a he's the god of mischief and he's right. got some magic to his abilities and everything like that. I mean, um, he I think he can transform. I think because I think in Thor Ragnarok, Thor had mentioned you know he he transformed himself into a snake or something like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like, a, and he knows I love snakes. And when mm-hmm. I picked it up, he transformed it back into himself and said, oh, it's me and stabbed me. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I think, yeah, each, and that's what I like about Marvel is that like, there are so many different characters that have like the same abilities, but they do it in different ways. And right. I think that's, that's pretty cool how they, they don't stick to the same thing. Uh, they kind of branch out when it comes to people who have same abilities. Speaking of characters with the same abilities, doing it a different way, uh, we were talking in our non-spoiler episode about, uh, you know, whether Captain Marvel is a good addition to the MCU, and she's Mm -hmm. basically just an upgraded version of Thor Mm -hmm. um, without a hammer, I guess, and with photon blasts instead of lightning. (laughs) Um, you know, is it is it worthwhile having that addition? Is she different enough to be an interesting addition? And you know, we were kind of talking. I, I don't necessarily think she is. She's she's fine, um, but we could do without her. You know. Yeah, I. She didn't really play much of an impact in in the Avengers. She she was away for a majority of the time. Um, you know, what's the point of having the strongest Avenger be part of the team if she's not even there? Mm-hmm. And also, you know, leading back to Brie Larson's acting and everything uh, as Captain Marvel, um, because Captain Marvel came out after Infinity War, after the snap happened and everything like that, but it's a prequel to it and everything. So, you know, time-wise, it kind of may be a little confusing, but in Endgame, we didn't see any emotion from her, whether or not Maria and her daughter were snapped out of existence as well. Do we ever find that out? If they were, why is she not, you know, concerned about it? Like, if they were, you would think that she would be more, like, eager to help them get the stones so that they can be brought back. But we they never kinda- know. They kind of touched on it a little bit in WandaVision because they showed that Monica has this animosity towards uh, Carol Danvers. And we're not really sure what the reason is because of that, right? I mean, they didn't really dive into that, but she yeah. was really quick to kind of be like, you know, I forgot about on the that. on the on the defense with her. And I think that's something that they're gonna explore in the Marvels, of course, right? Yeah. Um, but there was no connection. She dropped in, had her quips, had her lines, you know, the funny scene uh, with Thor. And then she comes in, saves the day at the end. Well, I mean, saves the day with everybody, destroys the ship like we talked about. Mm-hmm. But for me, as much as Colin says, it's uninteresting for him when they take powers away from a character or superhero. I'm on the opposite where it's uninteresting for me when a superhero or superwoman or whoever is too powerful. Like anyone, I don't know who it is. I don't care who it is. Whoever is too powerful is uninteresting to me. That's why I've had such a hard time getting those separate things. I mean, I I agree with that. Like if there's no weakness of the uh, superhero, then there's not really any tension. You're never worrying about anything going wrong necessarily. Mm. That's kind of the case with Captain Marvel. Yeah, it's just, I don't know why, but I, I lose interest uh, no matter who it is, even on the Marvel side, the DC side, doesn't matter who it is, whoever's too powerful, even if there's like one weakness, it just, it's it's not as interesting to me. I have, I'm more compelled when there are flaws, when there are things that are more relatable because yes, they are super, but I still like finding the humanity in it because in the end, this is all created by human beings. <laughs> this wouldn't be here if it wasn't for human beings. Um, so I, I really tried to touch on that 
you know, and I want to feel the humanity in it. And I get so disconnected from someone like, you know, Superman. I know they try their best. I know they do, but I get super disconnected from Superman and I get, you know, no pun intended. And I get disconnected from the same thing on the opposite side with Marvel. I just get, I, I'm disconnected from it. I'm not as compelled. Um, Cause you know, when, when she comes in an end game, it's like, there's not really an impact. It's like, oh, okay, that's Captain Marvel. She's super powerful. So she's just going to like, you know, destroy that ship and, you know, have, you know, fight and be hard, but okay. They didn't really connect. They didn't really like dive into her. They didn't dive into anything. It was just, she's here to kick butt and then leave again. Yeah. You're, you make a point because in she, she shows up and nobody even knows who she is. And she doesn't like, she doesn't even like drop Nick Fury's name or anything like that, oh. saying, I'm a friend of Nick Fury. Right. I'm here to help, you know, nothing like that. It's just, I'm here. Um, it's like, where were you? And it's just like, well, I was out defending the galaxy or whatever. And it's just like, well, yeah, who are like, you? <laughs> she does actually drop his name. Oh, does she? So, yeah, I don't so remember she that. Comes in, in the end credits, uh, she says, like, where's Nick Fury or something? Oh, that I forgot. She is in a, in a post-credit. Oh, That's right. That's I forgot right. about yeah, yeah, that. But she serves... Wasn't a memorable post-credit for me. She all the point... <laughs> I, no, it was for me, though, because I was like, oh, it's happening. You know, like, I was getting excited for Endgame, but... All the points you made in the non-spoiler episode and the points that we made here are great and are important and matter but they serve our real world. And the question was, how does she serve the MCU? And she hasn't yet, in my opinion, like she really hasn't like the purpose of her in the MCU has to like, I literally just said, come in and kick butt and leave. That's it. Like, it, like, and I'm well, hoping there's more as, to it. I'm just thinking about this the future. Like uh, earth 616, she hasn't had much of an impact. Um, but she has had a big impact on the rest of the universe. And this is going back to the discussion of her just being basically an upgraded Thor because he does the same thing. You know, he's guarding the nine realms and she's basically doing the same thing. But I'm still confused about what the nine realms are. Um, I, I took the nine realms to be like different universes, not our universe, but it's, it's really unclear to me what they are as opposed to just like, you know, distant parts of our, of our galaxy. Um, so, you know, she's doing the same kind of thing, protecting other parts of the universe so that the Avengers and the other superheroes on earth can focus their efforts there. So she's yeah. bringing that, but you know, it's, it's again, just the same thing that Thor is doing. Right. But we don't feel it. No. It's an assumption. Like it said, oh, I have to go. I have better things to do. I'm busy. Bye. Like with Thor, like we took a journey, the whole thing. And this is why my answer is no, it does not serve the MCU because it, the whole thing is rushed. If you really think about it, like her, and I agree with Tim, like that he said earlier, you know, it was overhyped. I, I, I agree, but I, I just think the whole thing was just way too rushed. The placement of it, you know, where she landed and the movie, the story, the origin story, and then the purpose that she served in Endgame it wasn't her that saved everybody it was tony that saved everybody so what really was the point to rush the thing put it in between infinity war and endgame give us this quick story and then it doesn't really make an impact and then all right she comes in and we're supposed to care about it when we're caring about all these other characters that they spent all this time on making us care about spider-man you know we had bigger impact with black panther because we had him in civil war and he had his own movie that was way better than this and it's just what what is the point i feel like the point has yet to be presented to us and i hope that um it comes to fruition i do have good hopes and positive vibes for the marvels too because i really feel like where where you mentioned earlier how samuel l elevated brie 100 whereas i think that monica and uh ms marvel are going to elevate her again and I think the three of them are really going to like play off of each other. And I think it's going to be a wildly more entertaining movie than the first one. At yeah. least I hope. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think so too. She's just not great as a solo character. She really needs a supporting cast to, uh, to bounce off of. Yeah. Because if you, if you think about it, she does the same thing in 
poster of Shang-Chi, you know, she pops in, then pops out, and even Banner goes, she does that. Yeah, yeah. Like, she's right. lying. She doesn't have a cell phone. Yeah, <laughs> it's like you can get my number from from Banner, and it's like, yeah, she's lying. She doesn't have a cell phone. She just does that. You know, um, you know, it's it's. I'm hopeful that they give us more in the Marvels. I really do, and Miss Marvel too. Uh, but yeah, for Brie as an actress or an actor, definitely needs a a supporting cast to really elevate her to where she needs to be mm-hmm. i mean samuel jackson just really he like he brought his a game for that movie oh yeah and um and really took it to a different level for even with her being in it mm-hmm. yeah that de-aging technology was unbelievable in that movie oh, yeah. unbelievable sure. unbelievable literally looked like samuel L. from pulp fiction right <laughs> with minus the hair it was just <laughs> It was like right there, like 90 Samuel L, which, you know, we're old enough to remember, right? Mm-hmm. And um, man, they really actually, knocked him out of the park. Yeah, there were actually a lot of references to Pulp Fiction in the movie. I don't know if you caught them. I did. No, I, I didn't. Which one? I was really tired when I was so, watching it. Was I, was, I was reading about it. Uh, I don't remember all of them, but um, one of the scrolls was uh, sipping a milkshake at one mm-hmm. point. Um, and uh, there was a moment when he was driving the car with Coulson. There was like a certain shot uh, that was like identical to one on Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. There were okay. a couple others. Okay. But, but yeah, it's definitely intended to be uh, nods to that movie. Yeah. Um, all right. So uh, random question here. Um, do you guys think Captain Marvel is gay? Because they do not make it clear in the movie. And, you know, obviously people have been pushing for, you know, LGBTQ representation in the MCU. Uh, we do have some characters, Valkyrie, uh, I'm trying to remember his name from the Eternals, Faustus. Mm. And um, there's a few other like side characters, but there's no like main, like, you know, high power level high importance level lgbtq characters yet so to me there were definitely some clues in the movie that she could be like the fact that she's had these past relationships with all these guys that are just jerks to her and (laughs) um and there's definitely some you know uh moments some like looks between her and um what's her name uh maria so, I mean, there's some evidence that she could be, and then she gets that haircut. Uh, oh, yeah, the pixie cut. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it could be that way. She's not gay in the comics, but that doesn't mean she's not going to be in the MCU. So it's not clear one way or the other which way they're going to go with it. But what do you guys think? I I, I don't know. Um, I, I, I honestly hadn't really thought about it. I, I didn't get any of those type of like clues or whatever um because i don't think it was even acknowledged or even put on the screen like there was no you know you you can as as the audience you know they're they're guiding us through it and there's things that we pick up on and honestly to be fair i really don't think marvel has ever really acknowledged it we would just think about it as a as a you know audience but i really think until this last year with Eternals and then Loki, where they actually, you know, owned it, like said it, you know, and showed it where, you know, um, I guess as the audience, we could only assume. So I, I really, it's, it's tough. I don't know. I, I think it's something that they're going to explore uh, later, um, but I, I, I don't have a definitive answer. And a haircut for me is, that's not enough of a, of like a, a clue or anything like that. Um, so but again, like, I didn't think about that, like, because I was trying so hard to, like, get with the character to begin with. I didn't even get to that level of where I try to, like, dive into, you know, um, dive into more of, of, of who she really is. And, and because I was just trying to even get to that first, like, get past that first thing, like, I was trying to get to know her first, right? And I, I yeah. not know, you know, what her, um, you know, you know, I, I don't know. It's, 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 
it's a well, tough I guess, question. I guess we'll see. Yeah. Um, she, uh, Brie Larson, uh, in real life, has been pushing for LGBTQ representation. Um, and, uh, you know, she hasn't said whether Captain Marvel is gay. And uh, it seems like she uh, is, like, she wants the character to come out as gay. Um, so it, it definitely could happen. Seems like she wants it. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, that's cool. I, I I just think, you know, before we start getting into love interest, we kind of need more of personality. Yeah, like, we need, like <laughs> for real. You know what I mean? That's kind of where I was going with that. Like, you know, you you that's that's cool, but we really need we we really need to get on the surface level, yeah. you know, and and no that was just not there at all. And I'm and, and honestly, to be fair, I'm not trying to be pessimistic, but it's hard for me to think that they're going to take care of that in the Marvels when the movie's called the, the Marvels, mm. plural. And like, we already know, like saw in the commercial, like this girl that's going to be Ms. Marvel has charisma. Like she's going to be funny. Like she's going to be exciting. Like, and then we love Monica already. Monica was amazing in WandaVision. So it's like, <laughs> you know what really are we going to get that? Are we, are we going to really dive in i i i, I don't know we'll, we'll yeah see. we'll see who, who really knows <laughs> you get what i'm saying though like it's you have a movie you're sharing with three people you know because we've had the right. movie with two people right There's a lot of movies that have suffered from that like eternals when they were doing the origin stories with a bunch of characters but i mean that's we already have the origin story of captain right Marvel, so they could focus more on other elements you know oh, ho- sure. hopefully focus a little bit on the personality <laughs> Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. maybe at this point she's had enough time away from the pre that maybe her, uh, you know, forced emotion control is going to be dwindling a bit. So, you know, yeah. parts of that personality will actually be able to come out. So we'll see. Sure. All right. So let's talk about some fun stuff. Um, <laughs> Do you mind if I just chime in real quick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so, in my opinion, like I, I can't say for a hundred percent sure whether or not. Captain Marvel is gay or not. Um, the pixie cut in Endgame, I think it was more of a kind of a statement on their behalf that, you know, most, you know, they don't, she is the first female lead in a Marvel, in a Marvel movie. So, you know, a lot of, I, a lot of the thing in Hollywood, especially with the superhero movies is like, they don't want, I think the pixie cut was kind of a statement that, you know, they don't want Captain Marvel to be kind of over sexualized in the cinematic universe so you know they kind of gave her the pixie cut to kind of be non-conformative to the standard stereotype that is a female superhero you know uh, I think that's the whole reason why they didn't give her like a a form-fitting costume as well Um, because well well you know it was you know more functional than it was you know what you would see in a comic book so i think that's what they're kind of stating there when they when they kind of do these things but you know i think i also think that you know there was like this small like you said there are these small moments between her and maria and all the and other people in the movie um and then she's been treated so bad by guys but I don't know. I feel like there, and I, I hope that they expand on this a little bit, but in the beginning of Endgame, uh, her and Thor, like, they had, like, this small connection in the beginning of Endgame, and I was like, and I was like, if anybody can do the job, I think Thor could, like, pull her out of her element and kind of, <laughs> kind of, like, you know, see an actual, like, emotions and stuff and like you know just take her to vegas yeah yeah (laughs) just put put her in a waitiki film (laughs) just because like i would so see like thor and captain marvel just hitting it off just like going back and forth between the one-liners and here and that you know and that's kind of what i was hoping for in endgame because like um because Thor just looks at her and goes, I like this one. And I'm just like, oh, yeah. maybe we're going to see some, something going on between these two. And it's going to be really funny and awesome. But then mm-hmm. she disappears. And I was just like, God. 
the whole movie. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you yeah. know, that's yeah. that's the whole reason why Thor was depressed because Captain Marvel flew away. Yeah. <laughs> You're right, though. That is that would make for um, some great chemistry. I, I see it after you said that, and I would I would be all in on a Captain Marvel crossover Thor movie. Yeah. Or or a Disney Plus mm-hmm. series, honestly, that would be yeah. incredible too. Yeah, I mean, like again, like you said, she's more of an upgraded Thor, so it would be cool to see how they how they work together. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, um, all right. So I went on IMDb and uh, went through their let's uh, call like the fun facts or trivia. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a bunch of fun stuff there. It was like 200 or so different items on there. So <laughs> I, uh, I pulled a few that I really enjoyed. Um, so when, and I did uh, verify pretty much all these. So, um, all right. So when Stanley made his cameo, this one's kind of sad. Uh, he's seen reading the script for uh, Kevin Smith's Mall Rats and mm-hmm. reciting the line, trust me, true believer. Um, and then I, I did actually find this video. Uh, Kevin Smith uh, said in a video that Stan's health was in decline at the time and he couldn't muster his trademark enthusiasm to say those lines. So they actually um, pulled uh, audio from Mallrats uh, of him reciting those lines. And uh, that's what they used in that scene. So that was just a recording. It wasn't saying it right there. Oh, wow. Yeah, because so that that's fair because when... Because he's got the script in front of his face, and then it wasn't. And yeah. when she pulls it down, he they, they hide it well. I had they no do. Until I yeah, they that. do. Yeah, they do. Yeah, and that's that makes sense too. Because him and him and Kevin were close. So, mm-hmm. all right. So Brie Larson in real life is very allergic to cats. Oh wow! <laughs> so is the cat CGI? No, uh, it's actually played by like four different cats. Like right, there's one main cat and like three stunt double cats. <laughs> right. It's pretty funny. Um, but yeah, they just uh, filmed the scenes with the cats without her and uh, they green screened some stuff. But yeah, it was a real mm. cat. Um, oh, yeah. oh yeah, look at that. <laughs> I'm looking at what you're looking at. <laughs> yeah. Now that one I confirmed. That is, that is a real one. Okay. Um, so when, uh, when Monica is going through all the different colors for Captain Marvel's uh, suit, um, there's a bunch of different uh, references in there. Uh, one of my favorite ones, uh, the red and yellow suit, is a reference to DC's Captain Marvel, a.k.a. Shazam. <laughs> I noticed that too. Um, there are some other ones in there, but I'm not going to go into that. I feel like uh, Marvel, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but I feel no, like Marvel no. has like nodded DC way more than DC has <laughs> nodded Marvel at this point in time. Like I was so blown away in Eternals. Like they literally name dropped like Batman and who else? They were like name dropping people in Eternals like at least two times. Yeah, I, I don't remember, but yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe DC is afraid to uh, poke their... <laughs> <laughs> And Disney's like, yeah, we're, we're good. We're, we're good. just playing. It's yeah, cool. we're just having we're just having fun, guys. Right, 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 right. It's unbelievable though, if you really think about it. Like they're they're really like just dropping it. I didn't even catch that because I'm not heavy yeah. on DC at all. And that's just so funny. That's another check for me. Of uh, I'd say more recently they've been doing that. You know, we'll say the past three years, because before they were not doing that. I don't think, at least I can't remember any acknowledgement of DC, but in recent yeah, years. I'm sure there were some in the earlier ones, um, but I haven't been paying as much attention. I hadn't been paying as much attention back right. then as I do nowadays, so I have to go back and look a lot closer. <laughs> um, all right, so following up on that one, uh, for anybody who's not familiar of uh, with the uh, second Captain Marvel, just a little backstory there. Uh, both Marvel and DC had a superhero named Captain Marvel, the DC version being better known as Shazam. After lengthy legal proceedings, Marvel won, but in order to retain their copyright, they were required to publish Captain Marvel comic books. Not being a popular money-making character, Marvel fulfilled this requirement by publishing a series of one-off comic books over a series of years, 
Also, as part of the deal, the DC version was not allowed to use the same character name on the cover. So the title is Shazam after Captain Marvel's uh, catchphrase, Shazam, which is also the name of his mentor. Mm. So, and then uh, another one related to that. When Brie Larson's casting was announced at Comic-Con, CNN ran the headline, Shazam, Brie Larson is Captain Marvel. Apparently <laughs> 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 not realizing that they were talking about the wrong one. <laughs> I tried finding that original article, but they definitely deleted it. Like, you cannot find that. 100%. Sure, it screenshotted somewhere, but I could not find that. But it definitely sounds legit. Seeing as like paying people to like, if you have it, delete it, please. <laughs> All right. Oh, uh, this one's really good. In February 2019, Marvel launched the official website of the film, which emulates design from the 1990s, including HTML frames, a mix of rainbow fonts, pixelated GIFs, a hit counter, a guest book, and a low resolution trailer framed inside a window resembling real player. It's still on there. I looked it up the other day. You should definitely check it out. It's wow. It's so good. <laughs> um, all right, let's see. Oh, the uh, the scene in the uh, train where uh, Captain Marvel is fighting that old lady, Skrull. Um, mm -hmm. So the old lady's stunt double is uh, Heidi Moneymaker, and then Brie Larson's stunt double is Renee Moneymaker. So a big part of that scene was the sisters actually fighting mm. each other wow that's funny um all right this is one hopefully you guys will appreciate uh well, both of us for different reasons the colors of the experimental airplane carol flies are the same as those of the x-wings from the original star wars trilogy mm. and the colonial vipers from battlestar galactica mm. I'm not as big of a Star Wars fan as you guys are, but I am a huge Battlestar Galactica fan, so I really appreciated that. Wow. Bears beat Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> okay. Uh, when Larson showed up on set to film the post credit scene, she got a redacted script page with everything blacked out except for her own line. There were no actors present. The crew couldn't even tell her to whom she was speaking. The other actors filmed it separately. Brie Larson was digitally inserted in the scene afterwards. Wow, they pulled a full Tom Holland on her. Wow. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Wow. Here, this is what you're doing. Do it. Get out. <laughs> All right. Well, those are probably my favorite ones from the INDB page. Um, there's a bunch of others, but I'm not going to go into that. Uh, but yeah, so there's a lot of uh, fun stuff about the movie that you know, it's related to the real world. I think that, that stuff is a lot more interesting than the movie itself, unfortunately, but mm. it's still fun to talk about. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I don't have anything else. Is there uh, anything else you guys wanted to talk about? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, that I wanted to mention that the Tesseract, I mean, they, they did try to do a couple things to, you know, really connect aside from the returning characters and everything, which I appreciated. Um, but um, other than that, I can't really think of anything else, you know, considering it's it's an origin story and then the characters that we mentioned. Um, but yeah, it, it it's it's worth watching, uh, but, you know, it's not super important, like we said before, you know, um, you could get the bullet points and be totally fine moving forward, but it's worth watching at least once just so you you know, check it off the list and you get some of it. You get some of the development for the other characters that we talked about, you know, because um, I did enjoy Samuel L. Jackson, of course. I enjoyed Phil Coulson. Um, I thought Ronan looked a little weird. Maybe they tried to make him, like, appear a little bit younger, right? Did, yeah. Was I the only was one? Like, no, yeah, because he didn't have his war paint. Okay, that's what it was then, because he just yeah. looked, he looked a little weird to me. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, you know, it... It's what we got, and um, it is what it is, and I'm 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 still hopeful for the second Captain Marvel movie. So I'm really looking forward to uh, getting that next year, then do another deep dive on that one. Yeah, um, yeah, because I think I, I was th I was thinking the same thing that Ronan uh, looked different because 
I could have sworn in his like when they had him on like the hollow um the hollow disc and everything it looked like he had his war paint on and I was just like that's how like other than the hammer that's how I knew it was Rowan um but it looked like he did but then when he finally shows up in person and he's not wearing it I was just like okay I guess mm-hmm. I guess this is a thing, and then then the other yeah. guy standing right behind him. I was like, so there's two Ronins. Like, what the hell is this going? <laughs> I was like, um, but yeah. Um, do they ever explain how what happened to the Tesseract after the Flurkin eats it? Like, like I we just he assume. It up. It was yeah. in the end credit scene. He coughed it up. It was on Fury's desk. Oh, they oh, coughed it up yeah. like a hairball. Right, right. Forgot about that. Yeah. Completely mm-hmm. forgot about that. And then that ended up, um, I guess that's uh, the like related to that scene from Endgame um, where they mess up getting the test rack and then they have to go back to uh, the like government installation or whatever mm-hmm. to get it from its underground place. Right, because Loki um, get, grabs it and then they're just like, oh, we have to go. <laughs> yeah. It's like yeah, there's so one place of... I know that both those things will be in the right, same place. Yeah. Yeah, so this kind of you know ties up the uh, explanation of how it got into the government's hand in the first place, yeah. in order to yeah. get into that underground area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, which is cool. It just wasn't enough. Yeah, you know. No, yeah. yeah. I mean, there there were other nods to the other movies. There were uh, you know some subtle things like with the the Flerkin, uh devouring the Tesseract. Um, I think that was a nod to. Uh, I want to say. I'm probably getting the movie wrong, but maybe Ultron. Um, when Hulk was saying something about like, you know, what do they want me to do? Eat it when <laughs> he's talking about the Tesseract. Mm. Okay. Oh, right, okay. Right, right, right. That went yeah. over my head. Okay. Now, yeah. Yeah. That's good. I don't remember which movie that was. Was it Ultron? Do you guys remember? I think so. Yeah, I think that was Ultron. But yeah, so I mean there were some nods to the other movies, but yeah, it just it just didn't have the same. Um, no, yeah, it didn't have finesse. that effect. <laughs> yeah, not even close. Mm. So, yeah, you know, it's too bad, but it was her first outing. You know, we'll see how the Marvels goes. Mm-hmm. Maybe it'll be a lot better. Maybe it'll redeem it. Um, we'll see. Mm. So, um, I guess one other thing to to close it out. Um, since we're talking Marvel, uh, what do you guys think about uh, Miss Marvel next week? Excited. Yes, very excited. I think that it is going to be um, light, kind, upbeat, um, just a nice change of page from uh, Multiverse of Madness. Uh, I think it's going to hit perfectly with the younger audience. I think it's going to be entertaining for uh, us older people. Um, And I think it's going to be a safe bet for Marvel. And I think that the best is yet to come for her. I think it's just going to be a solid origin story and uh, be be entertaining i think it's going to be all around entertaining and i'm really looking forward to it well i have the opposite opinion <laughs> i'm not i'm That's not fair. eager for it i'm still going to watch it obviously and i hope that it will change my mind but right now i'm just not really excited for it. it's clearly geared towards a younger audience um i don't know from what i've seen about the trailers it just doesn't really seem like it's going to be for me but you know hopefully Hopefully I'll be wrong. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's going to be, she's undeniably going to be a future Avenger. So yeah. it's, 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 she's going to be very important. And um, I think they're going to do her justice because she is a very fun character. I definitely so hope I, so. So I, I think you're going to be ple- pleasantly surprised, but we don't know till we know, really. So. Yeah. What do you think, Tim? Have you been watching the trailers? Uh, I haven't been up on the trailers i saw the first one uh i'm really on the fence about the the series i'm i have high hopes for it again like you said it seems like it's uh more geared towards the younger generation and i'm again i'm gonna watch it uh and i hope i'm wrong about you know that it's not just for the younger generation uh because my my mind is more set towards right now uh thor love and thunder coming out Mm-hmm. so you know like i'm really stoked for that coming up uh but it i'm hoping that you know this is going to be a nice change of pace from um multiverse of madness and it's going to kind of set us up for love and thunder kind of because that comes out soon too so 
change of pace in two ways hopefully not only the scope of the movie (laughs) Mm -hmm. but also the the quality of the content yeah Yeah. the quality of the content and everything (laughs) um i'll have to check out the other trailer um to kind of get a better grasp of it but i'll watch it but speaking of it being uh geared towards a younger audience i mean disney has been doing you know movies and shows like that for you know decades at this point right. so they know what they're doing mm-hmm. and even the movies and shows that are geared towards the younger audience adults still enjoy them i mean there's always well yeah like, i mean jokes it's nostalgia. It's heads <laughs> yeah i mean Go they've been doing that for like, like i'm the not notice that, that 50 <laughs> years right? so you know yeah yeah you know you go back so, and watch all your childhood cartoons mm-hmm. and everything like that you're like how'd this ever get on the air <laughs> yeah. running so, stimpy for that reason for that reason it gives me hope very true it it gave me mixed signals kind of like uh she hulk did so yeah i see i'm 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 just different i i I respect it for sure but i'm different i they sold me way more than they sold me on she hulk and of course we're completely biased here like we have a marvel podcast um but (laughs) it's i feel and maybe this is just how they advertised it that it's trying and i hope it delivers that it's going to capture the same magic as something like spider-man homecoming right so if if they capture that same magic it's gonna be awesome you know um it might go a little bit more the other way like it might be a little bit more young like more for the young generation um but you know if that's important you know we've been in this for over 10 years now it's not about us anymore we were there for the beginning and if we want to see this through and we're we care about the longevity of it all it's very important to have a character like Ms. Marvel come in and grab that younger audience to just keep it moving forward in the right direction, you know, and we, we have to have, we have to have someone on the team um, like that for sure uh, moving forward because Kate Bishop's awesome, but um, same thing. I had a hard time kind of with some of the layers with her where, um, you know, she's likable, but you know, um, I feel like Ms. Marvel is going to be extremely likable. So that's fair. And and like you said, it's good to have somebody come in to that's geared toward the younger generation because we haven't seen much of it lately from Marvel. DC has like they've really taken that and really drove it home with Young Justice, Teen Titans, all those shows, you know. Um, with Marvel, they're starting to get their foot in the door with the getting into the younger generation and get younger characters coming in to kind of pull in that younger generation and it's a good it's a good thing too because the younger generation don't need just adults as their role models they need uh people their own age too Mm -hmm. as role models so they know exactly so i think it'll be a good addition yeah i think it's it's definitely a piece that is uh missing from mcu that's needed it's just a question of is it going to be good yeah, <laughs> yeah sure. and we won't know until we watch it until we watch it yeah exactly all and right then we'll do an episode on it <laughs> oh yeah oh we'll six, be here six episodes oh yeah we'll be here <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah all right uh well with that we'll uh we'll call it a wrap thank you all so much for joining us we love marvel so we could do this all day but for now we're going to call it a wrap we hope you enjoyed it if you did make sure to drop us a like rate us follow us all that good stuff you can find us all over the web. Links for everything are in the channel description. Make sure to check out the polls on Spotify. We'd love to hear from you guys. And join us next time in honor of Pride Month. We're going to be doing an episode about the influence of LGBTQ characters on the MCU. So once again, thank you so much for tuning in. We love you all 3,000, and we hope you're all staying safe out there. Take care.